Movies by Minutes Project number five It's Silverado this time That's no jive By Lawrence Kasdan Who wrote the show Let's settle up now kids Cause here we go He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. To you, Chris. His job to offer battle. All right. Welcome to Silverado Minute with the Minute Impossible Guys. It's me, Jonathan, and my co-host, Chris. Hello. Hello, Chris. What's going on, man? Not much. It's been a while, huh? It has been a while, so we are we are we're getting the gang back together to do a uh, episode of uh, uh, well a whole week of Silverado Minute. If mm-hmm. uh, if you if you know it's a, the current movie by minute project, and uh, you're on we're on week five. We're, we're going to be here for like twenty one through twenty five. Is that how math works? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna be doing here all week uh, talking about. Uh, one of one of my favorite cowboy movies uh, yes. uh and we'll get into that but <laughs> thanks again to uh jim o'kane for uh, coming up with this for this movies by minutes and uh, we'll get into it right now we uh we, you know we start off this minute at uh well we start off this minute with the n-word it's not a great way to start no um, it isn't but uh it, it you know we're in the we're in the bar uh and what's this town's name is it four corners uh tunley or tun turley this is this is turley yeah this is turley all right uh and they uh and they are um that we are met by uh john cleese is here hey john cleese is here he was here last week i'm sure they talked about him but uh he's here for this this part and we uh and we end it with uh Mal, Mal not being happy with uh, something not being right. <laughs> so uh, I think before we start this minute, uh, we should probably talk about our background with this movie. Uh, Chris and I are older, not like, yeah, you know, we're not super old, but, you know, we're in our uh, late. God, we're, late. we're old enough to have seen it in the theater. Yeah, we're in, our late, we're in our late 40s. So, so we, yeah, we definitely saw this movie in the theater. Uh, and I, th- I thought we'd take a couple seconds to just kind of talk about your background with this movie, like when you saw it, like what were your impressions, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, for, those, for those of you that don't know us, we went to film school together and lived in Dallas together, uh, not together, but lived you know in the same town, went to college together. And we did live in the same dorm for a we, year. We did. We did. We did. Our, uh, my freshman year, sophomore year. Uh, yeah. So but yeah. You, uh, so those of you that don't know us. We love movies. We saw a ton of movies, um, and uh, we 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 like talking. I mean, Chris is still in, kind of still does editing and, and movie stuff. I have left the movie biz. I do nothing with movies now, other than watch them. So, but yeah, everything go I on. do is movies. Everything <laughs> you do is movies. Yeah, tell me, tell me, tell us about like you know what you remember. Uh, I remember seeing this opening weekend at the Plitz Cinema Twin in '85, and across the way from the screen was playing Back to the Future still. They're playing together. One was on one screen, one was on the other screen. Oh, nice. Hold on. Let me open my, my whiskey. Hold on. Yeah. There we go. My whiskey's open. <laughs> and on. Back to the Future had been open a couple of weeks, I think, and maybe a week or two. And this was opening around the same time. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember if I'm, if I'm right. I think because this opened in mid-July. I'm looking it up to make sure. It was definitely be... a summer movie. It was a summer movie because I saw it at that theater and then I saw it again in my hometown theater. Yeah, July 10th. So it opened a week after after... 
have to back to the future. Uh, I remember seeing it there over the weekend. And then maybe a month later, it played the small theater, one screen theater in my hometown, uh, like the dollar, which is considered the dollar theater, but it was, it was like second run. It played there. And I watched it a whole weekend there. because I was just over and over with, went on a Saturday and they let you sit in there all day. Uh, and, and then um, I remember seeing it on video on HBO a lot for a while, but this is the big thing. The big thing to me about this movie is I got into laser discs in 1989, 1988. And the first, one of the first laser discs I bought was a criterion collection of Silverado. So it was literally <laughs> the first criterion collection disc I ever had uh, when they released them on laser back in the day. There were two different versions. There was a CLV single disc version, which had like 60 minutes per side and no extras. And then they had the box set, which was a CAV 30 minutes per side disc of the movie that had a bunch, a whole disc full of extras, like documentary stuff and com- not commentaries, but like essays. And then uh, the first real experience I had with like some sort of editing of any sort like this was... Um, was uh, uh, edit your own trailer feature. So they had like multiple takes of different things from the film. Oh, that's awesome. And you were able to, to, to program the remote on the, on the laser player to pick your, your moments and that would pick it. It would create a trailer for you of the movie. Holy crap. That is- had, they, had, they had the original one that they would show you. And then they had a bunch of like bins with a bunch of different versions of the, the clips that you could then reorder and then put music on it. And, and so you could do the whole thing on your own. It was really cool. Why don't yeah. they do that now? That I know, I mean, right? It was they, so awesome. And it was laser just technology. So it wasn't like like it went really quick. It was like you see the clip and then you hear and then the next clip, the next clip. So it wasn't all together, <laughs> yeah. but it was still, oh, that's mine. I put that together like that. So it was for those, for those listeners that uh that that don't know us, uh Chris loves physical media. He loves future trash. He loves yeah. having stuff in his house that's physical that he can touch put into things and make work. I yes. am digital boy. I do not like any physical media. So. Oh, I got digital. I got all digital media too, I but I, I'm still, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. still, a, yeah, you're right. I'm very much a physical guy. I you mean, like I buy it because of like, you're like, this one was done off a different print. So it's got yes. like a different, yeah. yeah I, I just got that, that American werewolf in London 4k uh, print. Yeah. That's a 4k HD HDR uh, disc. Even though I have the, the 4k, uh, the, the, the Blu-ray mastered from that same 4k. But now I got it in two rooms. So now it's a Blu-ray and a, and a 4K. So yeah, that's that's the type of guy I am. That's the type of guy he is. And, and, then, and then, you know, I've had well, uh, West Side Story on digital for like three weeks. And now it came out on, on disc this week. I had to go buy it. You know, so it's, I, I'm one of those guys that prepares in case there's no uh, internet a couple of days of the week or when we move into a different house where the internet goes down. Gotta watch my movies. I gotta have them, you know? That is true. That does happen to me every once in a while. Yeah. The power will go out. And I'm just like, well, I guess whatever's on my phone. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I always keep Avatar on my phone because that is how it's supposed to be watched on your on phone. Your phone, exactly. James Cameron's that, Avatar is the that, best. That, and and Tenant and, and Dunkirk, those are the way they're supposed to be watched. Oh yeah, all my Christopher Nolan movies. Watch your Christopher all my Nolan, movies. exactly. <laughs> all right, but yeah, that's that's my my whole background with this movie, yeah. and I've had it. I've had it on Laserdisc. I've had it on 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 DVD. I've had it on Blu-ray. Uh, if there comes a 4K disc, I'll get it as soon as they do a. A brand new transfer for 4K digital. I'll get that as well. It's a beautiful. It's movie. a beautiful film. I mean, the thing is, you watch. You know, a couple of years ago when Solo came out, also you know written by Lawrence Kasdan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of shots and moments in it that are almost directly out of out of Silverado. And you're like, oh my god, that's that shot, or oh my god, that's that that's that moment from Silverado. You know, so I love that he still still plays it, and I'd love for them to do another Silverado nowadays. It'd be great, you know, but you know. I think we ran past that prime. So, 
Yeah, my 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 recollections are all around uh, uh, mistakes at movie theaters. Went to go see it at our local, uh, probably East Town Mall in Knoxville, Tennessee. Went to see it. Uh, went to see it with my parents because yeah, we we were big. And my dad and I were big into uh, uh, cowboy movies at that point. And we went in, and we started watching the movie. And there, you know, was the tension was wrong on the reel. Oh, and the movie was hopping and vibrating. And at first I thought, oh, he's got head trauma. This is part of the movie. <laughs> and then about five minutes in, everybody's like, uh, this is not the movie. This is bad. So my dad, like, you know, was one of those people that like got up to tell, you know, the manager and they went to fix it. And when they fi- tried to fix it, they broke the film. Oh, no. So didn't see it left actually first time i saw silverado i saw five minutes of it and had to leave that's so, the worst and they didn't have other copies this is back when there was still film they had one copy mm-hmm. of it it's gone uh, it has to be repaired and so we we're like fine and so like a week later we came back to go see it again at a different theater different theater and it was messed up again oh my god and we went and told the manager this time they fixed it so my second time I saw it, but the first five minutes, again, I panicked. I'm like, am I crazy? Why is this movie vibrating? I, so it took, it wasn't until VHS that I saw the beginning of this movie without vibrations. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what trashy uh, film operators there were at the time, but uh, you know, I know that happened. That, that also happened famously while I was watching uh, The Right Stuff. Uh, Chuck, oh Yeager's, Chuck Yeager's about to break the sound barrier and the film caught on fire and I thought he died. Oh my god! Like he's like flying, about to reach Mach one, and the film burst into flames. And like you see flames on the screen, you're like, "Oh my god, are they changing history?" Did Chuck Yeager die? So, yeah, this movie, uh, this movie for me at first was a little stressful, but I loved this movie. I remember it. This was a mainstay of HBO. If it's on yes. HBO, I watched it a million times. Um, seeing it, seeing it in its glory digitally from a you know a different obviously they're pulling it from a different print it's so it's so pretty it's such a pretty movie so you know i i'd say that you and i are in the camp of this movie's awesome i mean who's gonna do this who wants to do this and hates this movie that'd be yeah. weird but exactly it, and there are problems with it and, I, and some of my friends have already brought up those problems but i, I think that for, at the time i was like oh this is like a modern you know, I was really happy with the Kasdan movie, like the, the writing of it. I was like, this is a good, like it's, it's, it's got that magnificent seven. It's got that every, you got to get the crew together kind of mm-hmm. thing, kind of, kind of a heist almost. And so I, I was really in for this movie and I really liked all the distinct characters. And I, I, and I was got a real kick out of when John Cleese showed up. Cause at that point I was, you know, a nerdy kid that, you know, had seen uh, Holy grail. Exactly. Uh, probably the only, probably the only thing I'd seen. So let's actually talk about the minute. You know, uh, uh, this minute is uh, Mal, the 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 drink he has, the whiskey he has. He's not allowed to drink it, and he's been in a kerfuffle with the. Um, uh, the I think a, I think a ruckus is what it's called. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell uh, that. Yeah. With both the bartender and the bartender's stupid, uh, you know, whatever. Well, I, think play, well, I think it's one of them was played by Dick Warlock, if I remember correctly. Great name, by the way. Yeah, who was who was uh, Kurt Russell's stunt double for in Escape from New York, and he, he also doubled Indiana Jones for a while. God, and, I hope I hope somebody brought that up in the last week. Otherwise, and he was, and he was also the he was the Swamp Thing, you know. Oh, yeah, famously the Swamp Thing. Famously the Swamp Thing, yeah. So yeah, this what uh do you? 
Do you remember when this movie came out? Like when they oh, first of all, they use the N word in this movie, which it, this movie is not like hardcore. Like no, it's, no, no. You know, like there's you barely see blood. You barely see a lot of stuff. So when this word got spouted out in this part of the movie, I'm kind of like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. like I was not prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was Dick Durock. Sorry, I always call him oh. Dick Warlock, but it's oh. Dick Durock. Oh man, Dick <laughs> Jake Warlock is a better name. Yeah, no, no, Dick, 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 War- Dick, Dick Durock. Okay. But yeah, he was the stuntman for a lot of things. But he was, he was, he was the guy in that, in that scene that that's a, that they end up picking up later in a couple of minutes that we'll catch up on. Yeah, he's on the ground right now. Yeah, he's on the ground right now. Uh, so Danny Glover is uh, has has gotten himself a whiskey. He's not able to drink it, uh, and the the sheriff, uh, John Cleese's character, Sheriff Langston, has come in and told him that he is he doesn't quite understand. He's like, I, I kind of want you out of here. This is not really what we do here, and I like a peaceful town. So we 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 get kind of Langston's thoughts on his kind of peace is any it's uh, zero tolerance of any kind he doesn't just want mall out of mal i keep calling mall he doesn't want <laughs> darth mal he doesn't want mal to, he doesn't want mal out of the bar he wants him out of the city out of his jurisdiction you know that's that's one of those famous lines he wants him completely out of his jurisdiction so you know he's gonna leave uh what do you think is uh, I was looking this up. I was like, how much is a bottle of whiskey? Like how much was, yeah, a- how much would it be back then? It's not much guys. <laughs> it's uh, it's 50 cents for an entire oh bottle my of whiskey, God. but he That's was a paying- lot of money back then, you know, but yeah, he's paying like, I think that it said he was paying like five cents for uh, what they call a gill. That's yeah. four ounces for those little glasses, the shot glasses. Oh so he's that paying five is- cents. For they're, they're making a lot of money off that bottle. Yeah, and also I love that. That's one of those classic ones. Those uh, those those only in movies mean uh, uh, problems where they're like, leave the bottle. That never happens. No, no one ever leaves you the bottle of anything. No, especially for you know when you're in a place like that, you know. So yeah, well you know that that's all that whiskey's all watered down anyway. We've seen. Oh it. We, yeah. We we know that if uh, Stella's doing that at the Midnight Star, that uh, they're These definitely definitely doing that. Oh, they're deaf. That that cheap bastard is definitely doing it so exactly all right now now in a moment i just i had to look it up because i was i was confused mm-hmm. dick durock is an actor and a stuntman who was the swamp thing dick warlock is a stuntman who was kurt russell started double and escaped from new york so there is a dick warlock but there's also a dick durock so just so you know i didn't well, want to be wrong on that one. thank you yes i'm sure the listeners are, are very excited about their warlock durlock problem exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's great to see it's great to see uh john cleese show up in this every time i, I see him in this movie it's just, it, he was one of the, the the bits in the trailer that they that they uh they shut off and you know got the laugh in the trailer yeah, you're um, like you're like oh well in the trailer it makes it seem like he's part of the movie yeah it makes it seem like he's in the movie a lot you know he only has this you know these a couple of scenes yeah this scene and maybe one or two others that's yeah it. well you got you know the brother stuff uh th- yeah. I want to talk about that breakfast. Uh, you are also a Southern boy as a Southern boy. Yes. Uh, that looks like a good breakfast to me. It does look like a good breakfast. I sit there eating. I'm like, oh, man. That's uh, it's, awesome. It's gross that they're drinking water. That is, There's no way they would be drinking water that clean. No. The water on that table. I'm like, that's that's good looking water. It would be mm-hmm. brown. We've, we've all seen Back to the Future, which came out exactly. right at the same time. <laughs> well, Back to the Future 2. 3. <laughs> yeah. 
two. Two's the one with the dirty water. No, it's three. You're it's right. It is three. The... Holy crap. You're right. Yeah, right. And that's, that's five years from now. Oh, still, yeah. It takes place in 85. So, yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. So, yeah, this is uh, I love these little attentions to detail. We, we, you know, we have kind of a transition scene. There's a lot of actors in it. The yeah. set design of this movie is fantastic. At no point do I ever feel like it's a set. I know they're I know they're in a, you know, some town doubling for this in New Mexico. You know, they built a lot. This is a, you know, a pretty big. I'd love to see the set from the outside. We know they walk around this town. So some of these buildings have actual interiors. Yeah. You know, that they built so they could walk directly out of it and then start setting up the shot for the next shot down the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty impressive. I love, I've always, I I love the set dressing. I've always hated though, 1880s photo hanging. I don't understand why you would do it that way. I've never understood the, the... (laughs) Well, they really liked ropes back then. Everything was noose based. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hang up my picture and it's going to be hanging at a weird angle from 15 feet above at an, <laughs> at a 45 degree angle. So if you're short, you can see the photo. Uh, I love it. Uh, that it's so weird. It's such a weird, it, it's such a period. Thing. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Now, now, had you seen Danny Glover in anything before this? Or is it the first thing oh, you've seen him in? Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. This may be the first time I saw Danny Glover because I don't remember if I saw what year was Lethal Weapon. The next year. Yeah, it's 86, 86 right? Yeah. yeah, then I wouldn't have um trying to think. Oh, 87, 87. It was 87, was it? Yeah, 87 was Lethal Weapon. So two years from here. Someone's screaming about it. Like, oh, it's yeah. 87, you dumb idiots. 87, you old people. Why can't you get Warlock's name right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're rusty, uh, we're rusty. Yeah, this would definitely have been uh, his first movie that I saw. Yeah, I think I think I think this is a big year for me. He had this, he had the color purple, he had witness. He was in a lot of stuff that year. Man's working man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get. Uh, this is one of those scenes where when you're looking at it, you're like, uh, "Do you think it smells more like uh, leather and gun oil in that bar?" Or do you think it smells like horse crap? Because everything smells like horse crap. I think it smells more like leather and, and, and gun oil. And, and whiskey, whiskey and, and alcohol. Whiskey, yeah. Whiskey, yeah. And alcohol, yeah. Definitely alcohol. Okay. Because, I mean, this is the... I would think the second you step outside the door, though, is going to be smelling like, like shit. All right. The... Uh, oh, I just looked it up. Places in the Heart would have been the first movie I saw him in the year before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Sally Field. I yeah, I would have seen that first. I yeah, probably... I didn't, I didn't watch that, that but at that time, but I know I knew it was out. But I guarantee you I wouldn't have been like, hey, it's the guy from Places in the Heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely wouldn't have been thinking that way, so... No, me either. So, yeah, this minute basically ends with uh, Langston giving his... Kind of little, it's almost as like his through line, it's like as an actor, like he has his little, like his little actor sides, and he's like, All right, I am a no nonsense guy, and I don't believe in anything bad happening in my town. It's not going to happen. All right, well, you know, you need to leave. So, you know, we got to get like our introduction real quick to him. Uh, he, he, I love that his deputy still got his gun on, on, on Mal. Yeah. And I do like that the guys at the table, uh, stand up for uh, Mal immediately. Like this is uh, this is that's pretty ballsy at this time. Oh yeah, 
uh, to to be confronted in a you know some some small town justice could easily be happening in this movie, and it does on a certain level on a lot of other things. But uh, Emmett and uh, uh, Payton are the first people like, oh no no, he caused the ruckus. These other guys did. He was just getting a drink. Mm-hmm. And I love. He's like, are you are these guys with you? And he's like, Mm-mm. <laughs> all right, cool. As if as if being with him, you know, would have caused more problems exactly so yeah it's uh it's a great scene a great introduction to also the uh to danny glover's uh mal and how he reacts to uh violence and how he reacts to giant racism you know uh in, in this movie uh he's he's so cool he's such a cool character um we can get to it in other minutes but i i know i know for a fact that some of my friends were like I'm so mad that Mal doesn't get like more like story in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I agree with um, it, it, for the times. Now I think he would be a bigger part. I mean, he's one of the four he's yeah. part, he's part of the group, but his story is kind of secondary and it sucks, yeah. but we can get into that in other minutes. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Uh, no, not really. I think that was it for this minute. We did it. We, I think we did a good job. We covered it. We covered this minute. We covered this minute. Can you describe the ruckus? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So then we'll move on to uh, minute twenty-two. Uh, we'll come. We'll come back here. We'll we'll, uh, we'll pull up a chair and, and and do minute twenty-two here tomorrow. So thanks again, Chris. Thank you. And to, till tomorrow, I've been hop along, howl. <laughs> <laughs> I've been rooting tooting Chris. Ooh, bang bang. <laughs> rooting tooting Ramirez. That's it. Rootin Ooh, rooting tooting Ramirez. Is good. That's, that's a good. That's a good name. That's a good one. All right, let's get our bottle of whiskey. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Movies by minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no job. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. 